0: everyone tuning in welcome this is silas your e-journalism social work advocate you're listening to the kelson on the air social work podcast the program that promotes celebrates uplifts and highlights the social work profession this podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is uh, the Kelson On The Air Social Work Podcast, and this is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. Uh, I want to take this time out to wish everyone that's listening a very happy new year. And as we enter into the beginning of 2021, uh, we certainly uh, have our... Challenges in front of us, and so you know, we're going to you know wish everyone all the very best, you know, to continue remaining healthy and safe. And we have today a very, very interesting lineup of individuals. We have the NASW New York State Region 5 representatives, we have the Region 5 representative, we have the nassau division director we have the suffolk division director and collectively uh they are the region five leadership and so we welcome all our listeners to the nasw region five leadership roundtable discussion i'm going to introduce my three esteemed guests um first we have Ms. Afsha malik uh msw uh, she received her Bachelor of Science in Social Work with a Legal Studies minor from Malloy College. She is a recent graduate of Columbia School of Social Work's Master's program, where she focused her studies on Social Enterprise Administration with particular attention to contemporary social issues. She also chairs the New Emerging Workforce Committee, which she helped create to address emerging social workers' needs and issues. Ms. Malik chairs the New Emerging Workforce Committee. And she's also very much involved and affiliated with the New York State chapter and has been so for the last two years. Currently, she serves as the NASW New York State Region 5 representative to the Board of Directors representing Nassau and Suffolk County. Welcome, Ms. Afsha Malik. Thank you. Next, we have Ms. Jessica J. Mitchell, LMSW. Uh, She's a social worker who's an experienced political and campaign strategist who has worked throughout the tri-state area. Ms. Mitchell is skilled in grassroots organizing, campaign management, and legislative action. For the last five years, she's been an adjunct professor at the Stony Brook University School of Social Welfare where she teaches courses in policy, legislative advocacy, and political campaign management. Ms. Mitchell is currently a PhD student at the Wurzweiler School of Social Work at Yeshiva University and she is also the chair of the NASW New York State PACE Political Action Committee for Elections. And Miss Jessica Mitchell is currently serving as the Nassau Division Director. And she's also the newly honored NASW New York State Doctoral Student, Social Work Student of the Year for 2020. Welcome, Miss Mitchell. Thank you, Silas. Good to be here. Thank you. Um, and then we have Miss Alexandra St. Laurent. She is a graduate of Cornell University with a Bachelor of Science in Human Development and Equality Studies. She received her Master's of Social Work with a specialization in community policy and political social action from Stony Brook University School of Social Welfare as a Phi Alpha Honor Society member. Alexandra established and launched a social justice coalition, which is called the New York Social Action Coalition, which advocates for equitable policy change. Alexandra is an active member of NESW. I'm involved in the advocacy and government relations and PACE committees. She works collaboratively to spread social work values by advocating for community policies and political social action. She is currently serving as the Suffolk Division Director and Chair. Welcome, Ms. Alexandra St. Laurent.
1: Thanks, Phyllis. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Okay, so with that said, I want to again thank all three of you for being here at the beginning of the year. And I thought it was really important for you all to have an opportunity to talk to your listeners, to your fellow NASW members from the region and from both of the divisions, the National and Suffolk Division, and, and talk a little bit about uh, the plans going forward and things that I saw in nature. But before we get into that, each of you can kind of, you know, take a t- turn and talk a little bit about giving our listeners a breakdown of the NASW New York State chapter. So whoever wants to kind of lead off and you guys can, you know, all three of you rather can just kind of add into that. So tell our listeners a little bit about the NASW New York State chapter as it relates to the National Association of Social Workers nationally.
2: Sure. So I guess I can go first. So the New York State chapter for the National Association of Social Workers is under the National Association of Social Workers, and basically we represent all of New York State in, you know, representing social workers on a macro scale, advocates doing uh, legislative advocacy, running programming events, um, and it's all membership-driven, and there's also continued education that's also um, offered, and then support with licensure and stuff. So then... When we look at the New York State chapter, it's a entity under the umbrella of the national organization. And then within the New York State chapter, it's further broken down by region. And it is exclusive of New York City because New York City has its own chapter. And New York is the only state that has two chapters within its state, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that, that's kind of just the geographic environment that we're looking
0: at. Okay. Our atmosphere. All right. Great. Great. So then, Jessica, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, Nassau Division, the geographic location for our listeners. And obviously, we're going to have people listening from all over the country. So um, if you could just kind of give them a better um, viewpoint of Nassau County and where you know what that entails and what your responsibility is as the Nassau County division director.
1: Sure. So Nassau County is the first county right outside uh, New York city on long Island uh, population, a little more than a million. And uh, it's, you know, broke it up between like more urban uh, and suburban areas, depending on where you are throughout the county. Uh, so we are this year for the first time meeting as a group. So we are using all of Long Island is meeting together, and, and Alice can speak more about the Suffolk side of the division., uh, but we're meeting as a group because there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap throughout Long Island. There are schools of Social Work in Suffolk and Nassau. There are students that commute uh, from their homes in Suffolk to a school in Nassau and vice versa. And there is a lot of shared, you know, issues and and concerns and also just membership, you know, throughout Long Island. So we are meeting um, as a group, even though we are two separate divisions. Uh, But like Asha said, this is a membership organization. So we really do uh, whatever the membership wants to do and wants to get involved in. So Alex can also speak more to the advocacy side of it, but I am also the chair of the PACE committee. So what we do is, uh, in, you know, endorse candidates for elected office, preferably social workers that run for office. Uh, so that's another responsibility I have. But as far as the division goes, you know, what, what we're doing is what the division wants. So, you know, we're working on a few things this year. We've, we've held a book club, we are going to hold, you know, an awards night and a social work celebration night at the end of, you know, this semester. We're, we're all, a lot of us are still school-based, so we're going to do it in June. Um, and we have an up-and-coming, you know, social work students that are really involved with the chapters down here. We have a lot of really big social work schools on Long Island, uh, Adelphi, Malloy, Post. Um, we also have Stony Brook, so we have a lot of students that are really involved, and I, I've always thought that it's really important for students to involve themselves. This is their profession. They're coming out of school. They have, you know, a different perspective, and it, it's good to have people who are young in the field and who've, who've been around for many years uh, coming together to figure out what we want to do as social workers and, and what programming we want to see for Long Island.
0: Yes, yes, I agree. Thank you for that. All right, Alexandra, please uh, enlighten our listeners a little bit about um, the Suffolk Division, and um, just give give us a little overview. And then we're going to dive dive right into uh, some of the points that uh, I think everybody's would be ben- it would be beneficial for everybody to know, such as you know some of the things that you guys are working on as a region with um, inc- incorporating ideas from both divisions. But Alex, um, first, please give our listeners a little insight into. Your Suffolk division um, geographically, and you know a little bit about you know what your role is, um, which is, is going to mirror um, the Nassau um, divisions role. But you know each division does have its own specific uh, issues and interests. So um, share that with our listeners. Thank you.
3: Of course. Um, so Suffolk County really is on the eastern end of Long Island. Um, coming from New York City, you're driving through Nassau. And as you hit the middle of the island all the way about an hour out towards the uh, fork, if you're looking at it like a fish, um, that is all of Suffolk County. We're very expansive uh, geographically, um, looking a little bit more suburban and uh, almost rural as uh, you go further out east. Um, in terms of our goals, um, COVID posed a unique opportunity for uh, Jessica Asha, and I, when we decided to start meeting as a, as a group, um, the use of Zoom allowed both counties to really come together and to blend the interests and the practices of social work across all of Long Island and utilize that to the best of our abil- abilities given the times that we're in. Um, we had our first couple of meetings really trying to, uh, gauge the interests of the folks that uh, our members and are part of Region Five, and we took the lead from them. Um, the book club was one of the first ideas that uh, that Jessica mentioned. It was one of the first ideas that folks seemed super interested in, and we picked um, uh, pieces of uh, literature that really uh, mirrored the times. One of our our first book was um, uh, "One Person, No Vote." and uh, by Carol Anderson, I believe, and uh, we were really reading that around the time of the election and talked about the importance of social workers, not only getting out there and voting themselves, but getting their clients to also engage in this, which also speaks to the work that I do as part of the AGR committee. Um, We're really looking to um, look at the social problems that uh, impact our clients' lives and our lives living in communities across the state of New York uh, before. For us, particularly on Long Island, and see how we can best address those through policy change. And in our Region Five meetings, we look to address those in conversation and sparking innovative ways to
0: tackle these issues. Okay, all right. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. And I was reading with interest uh, the fact that if I'm correct, um, in a, a Sunday, I believe we, we we were speaking earlier. Sunday is uh, the first um, joint meeting of the year and uh and i think you guys didn't have the book club is coming up then a little, a little shortly after that um and you're do- going to be doing the uh Brené Brown Dare to Lead correct Mhm yes uh yep that's correct I, I saw that with the and i read with a lot of interest um you know just as a point of interest i just uh recently completed the uh the the 5 week Dare to Lead uh certificate training uh, with um Dr uh LaKia Cherry and uh Dawn Shedrick uh Dr. Kerry's from the from the West Coast California and uh, uh Dawn Shedrick is obviously here from the uh, Long Island region so uh, I did take that course and it was a uh, Very, very uh, influential and very powerful experience. So I was really excited to see that that's going to be one of the books that you guys are talking about in the book club. So when you do when you do pick a pick a book, do you um, send out uh, inquiries to the the uh, the membership to see what they're interested in? How does how do you guys go about coming up with a book to um, discuss for the book as a book club topic? And anybody could address that.
1: I think the first one, we picked that at the first meeting that we had held back at the beginning of the year. I, I want to say that it was in September. Uh, and we've had some pretty good turnout uh, at most of our meetings. And we I believe that that's where we picked the first book.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, we chose there to lead. Particularly, I I loved the book. I read it as a part of a leadership class I took at Stony Brook. And coming uh, into this position with Jeff and and, uh, Asha, I remember us having a conversation about wanting to inspire a sense of agency within the members of Long Island. And that's something that Brene Brown um, speaks to in her book and... Uh, We figured that this would be a good um, discussion amongst um, each other and amongst the members uh, to have at the top of the year, which is what we're about to embark on
0: mm very good, very mm-hmm. interesting. one of the other things that, that I really wanted to kind of have you guys address is with everything you know going virtual after the uh the covid nineteen shutdown you know prior to that you know and i I know from my you know previous involvement there was a lot of involvement with you know meetings at the various different universities and things of that sort well, I know with my last uh, turn as uh, the regional rep you know we had uh you know, grown from one school when I first uh, graduated in 2014, the only school in Suffolk that was uh, offering space for students to meet was Adelphi in Hart Park. Um, By the time I finished my two years as region rep, we also had uh, been uh, fortunate enough to get Stony Brook open its doors to us, as did LIU post out in Brentwood. So once everything shut down, how are you able to stay engaged with the universities and some of the supportive uh, faculty and and leadership from the universities and and keep them engaged? and connected with the students. Um, Was there anything in particular that uh, was done to keep the universities and your uh, faculty liaisons and student liaisons, how did you keep those um, two entities involved?
2: Yeah, that's a a great question, Silas. Jess, you want to you wanna take it? Uh, yeah,
1: I'll just say that I, I was actually involved in the NASA division a, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. a few years in a row. And, and last year, for 2019-2020, there actually were no meetings. Um, the divisions had both uh, kind of settled down in you know, some old leadership was leaving and some new leadership was coming in. And, and this year we started up those meetings again together. Uh, and it's great working all three of us together. It's, it's so much easier when you have a group doing something because mm-hmm. obviously we're all going to have our good weeks and our bad weeks and there's always someone there to pick up the slack. So I think that it was a unique opportunity with COVID for us to even restart these meetings and. Mm-hmm to have access to the technology that we have now that we didn't really have access to before. You know, sometimes meetings were in person, but for a long time now, so I was doing meetings over the phone and we were using free conference call and, you know, we didn't get to see each other. And now with COVID, it kind of gave us that opportunity to start these meetings again and now we do have Zoom, so we have the ability for, you know, everyone to be on camera if they want to and to get to know each other and, we're going to one of the things we keep planning on doing, and we're going to do on Sunday, is to utilize if there's a lot of people again breakout rooms to mm. kind of get, start getting to know each other and and those kinds of things. So I see it as a benefit yes. actually because it's it's giving us an opportunity to meet in a way that we didn't necessarily before.
0: Okay, all right. And leading into that, when you get got ready to start the uh, the Zoom meeting, I, I take it the platform is Zoom, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, when you started up the Zoom meetings, was there any um, outreach to you know see if you know any of the social work professors would be able to tap in and attend some of the Zoom sessions um, as you were announcing them and you know getting them set? Um, was there any outreach that uh, went to the professors? Because I know, and the reason why I'm asking that is because I know when we were you know meeting on campuses, you know before the you know the, you know that little uh, gap. The professors from the universities were, were very involved in helping to shepherd, especially the students, and I, I want to get to that in a minute. But uh, have you guys been able to stay in touch with and um, at least re- outreach and invite any of the professors of social work to uh, to try to tap into some of those meetings?
2: Yeah, so what, what's really great, first of all, with working with Alex and Jess and just the, me- the meeting turnouts we're getting is we have a lot of different um, diversity with people that are both, getting their bachelor's or master's or have connections with the schools, So we were, we, a lot of it was leveraging those connections um, and using those people that were already in our meetings to, you know, um, if we had a flyer, to have them reach out to those schools and to, um, you know, increase promotion in their own networks with the with the professors or their cohorts that they they had, um, you know, that they were around um, a lot of the same time. Um, on the flip side of that, the one challenge that you know we can we kind of came across is you know not having you know those right connections with those schools if we if we didn't know anyone for example from let's say hypothetically liu post mm-hmm. um so a lot of it was you know building the relationships with the people that we already knew that knew other people within that knew other people within those different schools and then just kind of spreading the flyer um a lot of it was through either word of mouth, um, mm-hmm. and then also with social media, because the NASW New York State page has gotten um, a lot more followers since it restarted a year ago. Um, so those were the two re- two key ways that we were really increasing promotion.
0: I see. And the other thing that you know I wanted you all to address, which is. And and Jessica, you and I have talked about this several times and, you know, I was very pro um, student involvement as far as, you know, being involved in NASW. How has the um, outreach to get and keep students involved? You know, since you had this restart with this new dynamic leadership trio, which is the three of you, uh, and I know that uh, because I've had some conversations with uh, Samantha Fletcher, the executive director, Um, I know the chapter's been very supportive, but how has it been to you know, restart and re-energize the student involvement um, in both divisions and the region? What kind of uh, techniques and tactics have you been using and how has that been um, working as far as, you know, keeping a significant number, rather, of students involved since we went to virtual and Zoom and and social distancing? So I think
1: we've had a a good number of of Stony students at every meeting um, because, full disclosure, I teach there. So <laughs> I am always encouraging my students to participate. However, um, you know, I, I, I would like to personally just see more students from other schools mm-hmm. as well. We've had a lot of professionals from different, you know, schools that, that attended different schools uh, prior to uh, going out into the workforce. Uh, but, yeah, it would be nice to see that. Uh, and, we, you know, we've done some outreach. Uh, one of the things that we're doing in June, like I said before, was, is the uh, awards night uh, and the, just kind of the yearly thing that we, the Suffolk and NASA divisions used to do to celebrate social workers. Uh, so I did send that link to nominate people um, and to apply for scholarships. All of the schools, and I'm, I'm hoping that when we do those kinds of things, it tends to, to bring students into the fold from other places too. So, yes, it would, it would definitely be nice to see more students from, from Adelphi and, and Post and Malloy. I was just going to say
3: that, um, also, uh, something that I've I also work with some students at Stony Brook, and um, he a lot of uh, what I've been hearing them say is that they've been enjoying these meetings because it, it provides a sense of camaraderie amongst uh, other social workers across the island because Long Island's landscape is so spread out yes. and we're in, a, in the middle of a pandemic. They're really not getting the um, the same sense of community that they used to um, back way back when, uh, before uh, we were all... Um, used to social distancing and staying at home and, and utilizing platforms like Zoom on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. getting involved, having other students be involved and other professionals allows folks to really get to know other people who are practicing in these tough times and hear what they're going through um, and, and provide that sense of um, connection that, that's missing and support.
0: Thank you for that. Um, and did, what what other um, kinds of activities have you gotten a sense that members um, would be interested in? Because I know, you know, earlier in the discussion, you said that, you know, you try to take your lead from the members as far as to what types of activities um, to to actually embark upon. So have you gotten a sense of some other things which you are looking forward to and in this new year even though it's the second half of the academic year but uh, are you are you looking into activities that students have suggested you know once you went it went to zoom or were there other things that you did you send out for like uh surveys and and if so what what is besides the uh the book club, what else and the you know award ceremony and the scholarships which you know those are great things like you said to generate interest. What else do do you have a sense that you think would be successful and engaging with students specifically um as we go forward?
2: Yeah, so one of the things that has come up a lot in our calls with um our members on a monthly basis is you know talking about the elephant in the room and it's COVID right and Mm -hmm. the impact of COVID and being remote as it relates to you know our profession and you know in the different populations that we work with and we serve so in the beginning of the discussion a lot of us were talking about you know having a regional conference um, and the impact of COVID and breaking it out into you know different subgroups and how COVID relates you know like schools or how it relates to you know the healthcare industry and those that are working in hospitals and are on front lines and this and that and then you know kind of getting more specific in it you know we there was still a lot of interest and there still is a lot of interest in doing programming around you know these kind of this type of event but I think now we're kind of looking at doing it on a smaller scale and you know just like if it's like a one hour or two hour you know if it's around April or May and just doing it by topic so you know kind of you know, if it's, you know, if we want to talk about COVID and the impact of COVID within schools and, you know, the role of social workers in that, you know, that that's something that people are really interested in and and so i and i think that that would be also a really great way to not only you know get to increase visibility of both the organization and just you know involvement with um with the organization but also you know the role of social workers on long island and just what we're doing and how we're doing it and and that engagement um and that investment from the members because a lot of it you know like we said before this is membership driven so it's you know kind of just Orchestrating what they want to, what they want to do and just you know, kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together and just figuring out how we're going to do that under the circumstances we're in.
0: Okay. All right. That, that sounds like a really, really sound plan. The other thing that I think would be great all of you could kind of touch on is, you know, how supportive the state chapter has been in making sure the divisions got restarted and the region and the divisions um, stayed energized and engaged. Um, so could all of you kind of talk a little bit about, you you know, the, the support that the chapter has given to the divisions as you've experienced it and the region?
2: Yeah, um, I, I can touch on that a little bit briefly first. Um, the chapter has been very, very, very supportive. They have been so amazing. And on a personal level, while I was, you know, completing my master's and in this, you know, role representing all of Long Island, um, you know, it, it's it's a big task. Um, and so the support that I was given from, their, from them was definitely very helpful very step of the way you know this is what you know they were very articulate and very you know verbal with you know this is how we can help you this is what you know you can do and this is how we can get you to do that and i've seen and so the chapter you know has gone through a lot of you know organizational changes in the past year and we're doing really good right now um and so one of the things that has been recently implemented is you know having monthly division division director meetings and basically that is you know a space where all the division directors and region representatives in New York State meet on a monthly basis to just kind of go through events that they're doing and just kind of rub off on each other you know what they're thinking of what they have questions of you know how people are fundraising in different areas you know what um what people are doing to increase participation and membership. Um, And that's also just another great sense of those who are, you know, leading within their, their regions to kind of just gain a sense of, you know, how can they improve their work, or how can they share their ideas to increase, you know, membership or participation in other regions. So they've been very helpful. They're always so accessible through, you know, emails and contact. And Jess, Alex, and myself are very involved in the chapter and not just, Through, you know, our relationship with Long Island to the board, but, you know, we hold other positions on committees and, you know, through the delegate assembly. So. You know, we're always we're always communicating back and forth with the staff up in Albany, um, which I think is really great because you know we we have that support when we need it and We we have questions, you know, for example, about fundraising or this and that. We're never we're never concerned about you know um, any anything that might become an issue.
1: I mean, honestly, I feel like most of the time we're yelling at the staff to stop answering our emails every time <laughs> and on the weekends and begging them to take time off and yes. You know, resting when they need to because they all work entirely too much, uh, and we particularly give them a lot of that work. (laughs) So they've they've been great uh they are all great um yeah
0: they they definitely deserve a vacation <laughs> <laughs> okay well we, we gotta make sure that they um do a lot of self-care um as it relates to making sure that they um have enough in their tank to continue to keep giving because you know i know from the emails that i see going out and you know some of the things that are on social media um that there's a a real, real sense of uh, support and camaraderie coming from the, you know, state chapter leadership. And that really actually, you know, extends out to all of the the leaders in the regions and and the divisions. I mean, I've been very impressed on all of the work that the three of you have done. Jessica, you and I, we go way back and, you know, you've always been out there um, getting students involved and and, and being on the forefront. Um, But I I must commend you, Afsha and Alexandra, for, you know, stepping into roles that were, you know, pretty dormant and and you as well, Jessica, um, and and re-energizing things.
1: I just want to throw out there that it you know it becomes this this kind of it can almost become you know dangerous because it's like everyone's trying to work so hard because everyone else is trying to work so hard and and it's so 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 greatly appreciated on all fronts with the you know division directors and the leadership and and the staff at nasw but i don't think social workers take enough time for themselves now especially and these times when a lot of us are working from home, we don't realize that when we sit at our desk at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning and we're not getting up until eight or nine or 10 o'clock at night, that, you know, we do need to take time for ourselves. Working from home doesn't mean you're not working. It just means you're doing it in a different setting and, and burnout is real. Uh, oh yes. We're going on almost a year and it's in, in the middle of a global pandemic. So, you know, I, I, I love that everyone works so hard, but like, Everyone really needs to take the self care part of it seriously too, and and take their time off it and rest and rejuvenate so that we're not all burning ourselves
0: out. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, there's a big event coming up in February, really geared towards the students, and I know that um, there's been a lot of publicity and and excitement generated. So, talk about the you know the event that's coming up in February. Um, Where you were asking various, you know, universities and schools to sponsor students um, at a student oriented function.
1: Yeah, so I, I feel the need to shout out the two student board members, Notion and Evelyn, who have been doing a lot of work on that student conference. Um, I have not been personally involved with that. Does anybody else know more about? So I do. So I know that there is a so there's a student committee now specifically mm-hmm. for, you know, student members run by student members. And that there are two board members that are student members. One is a DSW student and one is an MSW student. And they have been very involved with this. So I think it is Friday, February 26th. Uh, yeah, yeah. So are, are the 26th, yeah. Yeah, is the conference, and there's going to be, so part of the day is everyone together, and then part of the day is also, like, three different tracks. So there's going to be one for BSW students, one for MSW students, and one for doctoral-level students that are are geared towards, you know, more towards the, the issues and, and things that each of those groups you know, need
0: differently. Yes, yes. I was very I was very excited to see um, that happening. Um, in, in my time that I was in, involved, you know, one of the things that myself and a lot of the other professional social workers thought was so, so important was to make sure that, you know, students got involved and stayed involved and also had a voice and that they knew that that voice um, would be listened to. And the one thing that, that always came out was that if students were given an opportunity to speak up and speak out, and they were given a role, they were given a voice, and they were given the latitude to enact some of the things that they were passionate about, then they would roll up their sleeves and really go full tilt. And in previous years, we've seen some really great positive things happen when students got totally involved. So I was really excited to see that, You know, once again, the students were being attended to in a way where they knew that they were important because I've always said that they, you know, are are the, the lifeblood of any organization, are the ones that come up the ranks. And, you know, the research has bared it out that if a student gets involved in NASW, As a student and they follow the trend and and they keep moving through the ranks, whether it's you know, MSW, the BSW to the MSW and then the transitional, they tend to stay involved because they've gotten an opportunity to see the power of the organization and what it means. So I was really glad to see that, you know, NASW was doing something specifically and then asking other organizations professional um, social work and social services organizations and universities to actually sponsor students because then the students realized that there were people out there that really cared about them being a part of their professional organization so I was really uh, happy to see that and I'm excited to you know be um, involved in that when that does take place so so you know kudos to everybody yeah, that's so true <laughs> you know I, I mean yeah
2: I, I couldn't agree more and I think what's this event is very reflective on the commitment to, you know, really pay attention to, you know, students and like get students involved and not just involved with, you know, the chapter, but also in leadership position positions. Um, You know, we have like, I think it's, either two to three to four people it might be two to three um that are on the board that are currently students Mm -hmm. um and then that you know that's not even including you know students that are in you know leadership positions and you know the committees and this and that and you know i'm a prime example of you know a student that started as a dsw you know member and then now i'm into transitional and you know i definitely am backing the research you know it it does make a difference and you know it, it i really do believe it turns into a lifelong investment that you know you continue to be a part of once you are at that prime stage where you're getting that support and you're getting that voice your your voice is getting heard you know you just want to you just want to continue being a part of it because you see all this change happening and you see everything that you want to become and you know the power of you know the group and this and that so it's a great thing it's a really great thing
0: yes absolutely i think
1: it's like it's so it's so contrast and and i think you're absolutely right that you know, the research backs it up. And I think that Asha and Alex are great examples of that because when I was a student, I joined because everyone told, you know, the students to join on ASW. It's cheaper when you're a student, but there was very, you know, little outreach to students at the time. It was, I was a student at Stony Brook. It was before they ever had meetings at Stony Brook. uh, So I was never involved. And when I graduated, I let my membership last because I didn't see you know, any point in paying for it. And a few years later, you know, I was teaching. So I was encouraging students to join. So I was like, I have to join again. And I I reached out to, you know, join the NASA division. But I've seen such a drastic difference between the time when I was a student and where we are today and what, you know, the staff, especially Sam, is doing to get, you know, students to be involved in the organization and to make everybody feel like, they're included and they can be a part of it. And, and yeah, there's definitely at least three members on the board. Now there's the BSW rep who's the BSW student, the MSW rep who's an MSW student. And one of the board members at large is a, is a PhD student. So, you know, it's, it's great to have that representation and those voices, you know, in the, you know, part of the organization that's really making decisions.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Before we go any further, I just want to, um, I'd like to, you know, personally say on this podcast um, that the three Suffolk universities, which would be Adelphi, LIU, Post-Brentwood, and Stony Brook, all three of those universities, you know, during my tenure had been very supportive of NASW. Um, Adelphi had been involved you know, since I started as a student um, back in 2010. And then eventually when Dr. Mondros took over as the dean, she was very, very instrumental in opening the doors back up for NASW to have meetings on the campus of Stony Brook. She was very supportive. And I I want to specifically say that um, because I know, and you can uh, kind of, you know, correct me on this if I'm wrong, Jessica, but I believe that this semester is going to be, um, Dr. Mondros' um, final semester because um, there was some word out there that she was uh, stepping down. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's she's not stepping down. She's actually going to retire. Uh, yeah, well,
0: I was, I was, trying, to, I was <laughs> trying to say it kind of like kindly <laughs> hoping that she would still, you know, kind of be involved, but I did want to just specifically I, mention her.
1: I'm not sure, you know, I'm I'm not sure to what extent she mm-hmm. is going to want to or if she is, you know, just going to retire, which, you know, everyone deserves to do in their life. Um, But she is, she is definitely retiring at the end of this semester. So, yeah.
0: So but I want to, you know, specifically, um, you know, thank her for everything that she did. She actually re-energized the uh, student involvement and NSW involvement on the Stony Brook campus. So I wanted to thank her. And I want to say also um, Sheila um, Edwards Robinson on the Adelphi campus uh, has been very instrumental. And also um, Dr. Lois Stein who um, she has since, I believe, retired, but she was very instrumental in opening up the LIU uh, Brentwood campus to NASW um, to have meetings there and get students involved there as well. So I think those three universities in uh, in Suffolk um, have played a big role. And I know in Nassau County, um, you know, the main campus at Adelphi, you know, they had begun to, you know, Reopen their doors, and you know there were some meetings taking place uh, when Eileen Moran was the um, division chair. Out there, And um, so it's very important to make sure that we, you know, recognize, you know, the uh, universities and the role that they play in making sure that um, NASW stays viable. And that's a good way for students to stay connected with professionals um, in the field, because many of the professors who work at the universities may be adjunct today and they may still be, you know, actively involved in working in various different areas and populations. So I think that's a great way for students to stay connected and to get insight into various different populations and areas. So I thought that was really important to to kind of bring that out. so uh, I, I wanted to kind of you know take a little bit of time, you know before we wrap up. And just say that, you know, on Wednesday, you know, we saw some very troubling events take place. And as social workers, you know, you know, we're we're on the forefront of the fight for social justice. You know, there was a lot going on with, you know, attempts and efforts, you know, call it like it is, you know, for voter suppression in various different ways. And there were, you know, challenges being made. And, you know, those challenges, you know, tended to be in places where there was heavy turnouts of BIPOC individuals and there was a, a very disturbing event or a series of events that took place on Wednesday so I just wanted to you know give everybody an opportunity to just kind of share their thoughts on it from a social work lens and um, you know how we as social workers can you know take that moment and, 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 and turn it around and make it something positive by you know having more outreach and, 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 and trying to do more things to heal from, from that very very p- painful wound that occurred um, to our nation on Wednesday so I just want to kind of give an opportunity for um, us to kind of have a little bit of a dialogue about that in and of itself
1: yeah I think it's you know it's it's really unfortunate that we have had a president for the last four years that really doesn't understand the nature of democracy and and is trying to fundamentally change the nature of democracy in this country going to be the first time in, you know, a couple hundred years in this century where a sitting president is is alive and well and not present at the transition of power. Yes. And, you know, really it was, it's purposely stoking division in this country. It's, this was an election that was actually unbelievably well managed by a majority of eight. It's the first time in my lifetime that I can remember um, not Seeing cameras in, in specifically in southern states, with these long, long lines uh, in black and brown neighborhoods of people waiting to vote because we did have, you know, a presidential candidate and now a president elect who made a a big effort and states made a big effort to encourage people to vote early, to vote by absentee. And it really alleviated a lot of the common complaints and issues we have in high turnout elections. And it was an unbelievably high turnout election. People were prepared. There were amazing organizers in, in states like Georgia, like Stacey Abrams, who has really led the fight to get people to, you know, help them to register, to help them get the ID that they need to be able to participate. And, and now, now we hear, you know, these fringe elements of the Republican Party that are really becoming part of the mainstream complaining about voter fraud. And it's like, where have you been the last, you know, especially the last 10 years, the better half of the last 10 years after the Voting Rights Act? you know, was eviscerated by the Supreme court. Where have you been complaining when people haven't been allowed to participate? Mm -hmm. Now you're essentially complaining because too many people are participating and, and that's not democracy. You know, we're, we're supposed to be self governing. We need people to participate, you know, and this has led to an outgoing president who has just, you know, fanned the flames and, and, and really everything that happened on Wednesday was disgusting. And, and, you know, it's not just on the outgoing president. It is, is on every one of his enablers yes. and every member of the Senate and the House of Representatives that even after that disgusting display continued to object, yes. to object to, you know, the state of Pennsylvania and continued to get off and object to other states, even when they couldn't get, you know, a, a senator to object. There were members of the House that were objecting. You know, if you were looking at Wednesday and not seeing the difference between you know voter disenfranchisement and the fake fraud that's going on if you're not seeing the difference between what happened this summer with black lives matter protesters and how they were treated versus how this largely white group of people were essentially into and out of the Capitol mm-hmm. by Capitol mm-hmm. Police and, and police officers taking selfies and just opening up barriers for people to break into the Capitol, I, you know, you're you're not looking. You're, mm-hmm. you're purposely avoiding seeing what's going on in this country and seeing this this fringe element grow. And we have to remember that this isn't going away. There are 75 million people in this country mm-hmm. who voted for this guy, yeah. who You know, there are thousands of people that participated in this. And, you know, it's really time to kind of take a look at what's going on and and really see it. Just because the the figurehead is gone does not mean that this sentiment is just going to go with
0: him. Exactly. So we really
1: have to figure out what we're going to do going Mm -hmm. forward to kind of deal with this and to deal with, you know, the lies that we have ingrained as truth you know mm-hmm. this was one of the most successful elections that we have ever had and yes. the highest turnout we
2: have had mm-hmm. in a long time
0: absolutely absolutely all right um after alexandra you, you share your thoughts please
2: yeah I'm, I'm just trying to think um i wish i had a i, I had an answer for you silas on you know how, how to turn this around in like a positive thing right and you know where, where do we come in as social workers? And I think, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure that out as well. You know, what I've been doing is, you know, just kind of, cause, cause Jess is right. You know, this, this hasn't gone and this isn't going to go away and you know, it didn't start and it's not going to end with Trump. Right. Um, he, he's just been the figurehead and he's just been very incendiary about like everything he says and he's very vocal about it. Um, so, you know, I wish I could say, you know, like keep like, you know, having conversations, you know, is not enough and it's not going to be enough. And, you know, what conversations are you having and who are you having with it with? I think with, you know, this group of people, you know, the people that stormed the Capitol, um, I, I think I, I really don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out, you know, how, you know, how do you approach that? You know, especially because, you know, a lot of these people have their specific you know, perceptions are ready, you know, that you're, you're an extremist, you know, they're not the extremists. you know, they're the patriots, you're you're the, you know, that you're the socialist, you're the one who's, you know, you know, you know, being the fraud with like, you know, because we're engaging in, you know, this, this fraudulent election and stuff like that. So I guess, you know, our job as social workers is, you know, maybe like, not in regards to that, but it's just to continue empowering our communities and specifically BIPOC communities because obviously the work that we're doing, especially at the grassroots level, um, and you know the political advocacy is working because yes. you know they're so fired up, um, and you know they're they're so threatened, and you know their their rights are being taken away you know, and I, and I say that with, you know, quotes and stuff like that. Um, so so the work is working and what we're doing is we're doing it really well because, you know, this, this is, this is what happened and it, it's so unfortunate that this is what has happened and um, it's so sad for the lives that have been lost and I and I hope that you know you know who, who knows what's going to happen especially you know on the day of the inauguration after that before that um but it, I but I think this is a really important time for us to really you know take care of ourselves but each other um and just important you know it just be really you know um Attentive to why we do what we do, um, and how to make sure it's sustainable because, you know, while this is really important, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very hard and, you know, the wounds are still there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about and how you even wrap your head around it, you know? Yeah. Um, so just, so just, I guess going from there, um, and just taking it day by day. That, that's what I have to offer,
0: okay, All right.
1: I don't think there is one answer. You know, this this was a national embarrassment that, like it, it's really going to take a lot to to dig ourselves back from this. And I don't you know, there's no one answer on how to solve this problem that any person can give. I would agree.
3: i I remember watching the news, and um I, I for reference, i just I just graduated in May. Mm-hmm. so i'm I'm emerging into the profession. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an economic crisis, um, being thrown into situa- into real world situations where people are reacting to these traumas that are that are happening in real time, um, unprecedented collective traumatic experiences, and sitting um, and listening to the news and seeing what was actually happening eight, uh, I think what six days into the new year, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but think about. Um, not only the people who were committing these atrocities, but the people who were watching them, and um, the activists that were that were w- marching this summer, um, and being one of them, and watching what was happening, and reliving reliving the stress and the fear of the chaos that constantly has been around us lately, and feeling that energy be drained from me. And as I was watching the news, I was also working on a proposal that we are. Uh, a group um, that I've been working with is planning on submitting for vote uh, to our legislators in accordance uh, with the governor to reform our police departments to prevent um, atrocities like those that have been occurring in our societies from occurring again. Uh, And I felt myself being drained from the news, but actively needing to push against that burnout to make sure that this work is done. So aside from everything that just and Asha have already mentioned. Um, Wednesday reminds me of the fact that at the end of the day, people were having a conversation with either their coworkers or their family members saying, Do we need to continue working? An attack is happening on the Capitol. Are we supposed to go to our next Zoom meeting? Do we need to keep being client? Do we need to submit uh, the proposals that we're working on for review? And because of who we are and because of our dedication to the profession, the answer is always yes, but we need to take a step back and realize that while we are in a service profession and we're helping our clients and our communities, we also need to take care of ourselves. And the inauguration is on the 20th and we still have a ways to go a couple more days and who knows what's going to happen and who knows what's going to happen after that uh, so while we continue to care for those who come to us in need we need to remember to care for each other and for ourselves and that's something that Wednesday and Thursday as I was still trying to recuperate from the stress that once it caused me reminded me of.
0: Absolutely and you know and, and, I, and I thank you all for your comments on that and, and we are still searching for answers as a country as a society but we do have some glimmers of hope you know the founding father said of of the people for the people and by the people obviously when they said that they really didn't intend for that to apply to everybody but now that everybody's here then everybody has to have a seat at the table and everybody's voice has to be heard and that's what social work represents is we are the voice of the voiceless we are the ones that that organize and energize and strategize. And and, and if we have any reason to have a glimmer of hope, one of the things that we need to do, we need to look to what took place in the formerly red state of Georgia, which is now blue and the organizing and the Mm -hmm. grassroots and call it what it is. Everything that was set in place To prevent Stacey Abrams from becoming the governor was used to flip that state from red to blue. And we got to look at it and see it for what it meant and what it is. And that's a indication of the way forward where people, progressives, BIPOCs, um, the underserved, underrepresented and the disenfranchised all coming together and looking to see that there is a common thread. And that thread is people's rights are trying to be uh, usurped and, and taken away because the voice of the people is getting louder and louder in the vein of what's right and that's starting to triumph over might we should not be discouraged we should be encouraged um because when you see what took place on wednesday those cowardly and and, and riotous acts were trying to stop a, an idea whose time has come it, it can't be done now it is not going to be easy and we know that as social workers being on the front lines and organizing and advocating however Uh, we see that there is a formula and there's a way forward um, and we collectively have to uh, embrace each other and move forward for the common good of all of us in this country so uh, I thank all of you. for. I just say
1: one more thing Silas Mm -hmm. you know I had this moment on Wednesday about an hour after they called the race for John Ossoff and it just it like really hit me in that moment that that day like really should have been a celebration to mm. every single person mm-hmm. in Georgia who spent the last two years organizing yes. out of that horrific beat because it was just, it just, everything that went on that year was so wrong and there was so much voter suppression mm-hmm. and, and Stacey Abrams really took that and moved forward and organized the great coalition of people to turn the state of Georgia blue, mm-hmm. and, and that really should have been a day of celebration for all the work that those people had done. Yes. And instead, we spent the entire day, you know, and and the next day and today, talking about, you know, this, this outgoing president and, and all these negative things that happened, but, you know, we could see what a great thing that she has done, and mm-hmm. for everyone who hasn't sat back and really thought about that, now's the time. And now's the time to also remember that you know, we only have 12 more days until the presidential inauguration. But, it, you know, whether it was Biden or had it been another Democrat, it's it's not a time to sit back and say, you know, Georgia's blue now and there's a Democrat in the White House. Like now's the time to double down and say, what else are we going to do? Where mm-hmm. else are we going to go? Mm-hmm. And how much more work can we do? Because it's, it's in these times where people start winning and these ideas start spreading that people get complacent and and that's not the time for this you know Mm -hmm. it's just as easy to slip back um, you know and it's more work to go forward but we have to keep going forward and the only way we're gonna do that is if we continue to work and and do the work and be inspired by people who take something so negative and turn it into something so positive Mm -hmm. so I, I hope that everyone takes the opportunity you know, no matter how, when it is to really realize all the work that went into this and all the work that we need to do
0: going forward. Absolutely. Very well put. And, and that is the blueprint. And, and it is a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, commitment and dedication that that it took to get to that point on Wednesday. Um, but that is the, the blueprint. That, that's a model for how it can be done. And that's evidence and proof that it can be done. Um, but again, it takes work every day, rolling up sleeves, you know, uh, making sure people, you know, uh, uh, get out and, and you make a great point. Every time I have you on as a guest, Jessica, um, now that the presidential election is over, um, now it's not the time to get complacent or uh, all of those off year elections and the midterm elections and your local elections and your school boards and your library boards that that's where the seats of power really, really germinate. Um, more opportunities so like i i I always appreciate the fact that you say stay woke because you know it's during those times like you said people get complacent oh we did it um and that's when you have to push and uh, really double down and work a lot harder so absolutely it's not a time to rest on our laurels but certainly we have the blueprint for going forward so
1: exactly we can take the moment to celebrate but then yep Mm -hmm. it's it's back to work tomorrow (laughs)
0: yeah yeah exhale for a minute and then take a deep breath and let's keep pushing (laughs) (laughs) so well ladies um that's going to wrap it up for us here on this uh kelson on the year uh beginning of the year the um really, really important things that, you know, that I was hoping that you guys covered, you you covered so eloquently. And that's just giving everybody, you know, a kind of a, a look and a glimpse at, you know, uh, what to look forward to in this coming year. Um, so I want to commend all of you for taking on the mantle of leadership. Um, I know it's not easy. It's a uh, it's a herculean task. And and it's even more challenging now that, you know, you know, we've been on shutdown and social distancing. So thank you, all of you, for all that you're doing. And, and you know, we look forward to you know seeing the great things that the the region and both divisions and the chapter um, does um, in this coming year to continue energizing the base and keeping people involved and informed. Um, and so I want to thank you all for all, you know, taking time out, um, at the beginning of the year to participate in this and, we We want all the listeners that you know to hear this to know that uh, this is NESW and this is who we are and this is what we do um and it's people like you that help it get done in a really fine fashion so thank you to all of you and again uh, my three guests have been uh, miss afsha Malik who's m s w and she is the uh Region Five representative to the board of directors, representing Nassau and Suffolk County, Miss Jessica J. Mitchell, LMSW, uh, Professor Mitchell, um, and also a, an experienced political and campaign strategist um, and 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 convencer of anyone who listens to her that they should run for some kind of office and get involved. Thank you, Ms. <laughs> Mitchell, um, and Miss Alexandra Saint Laurent. Um, taking the helm of the Suffolk division and, you know, helping that to move forward. So thank you to all three of you. Um, we hope everybody is going to enjoy listening to the region five leadership Roundtable talk. And we, thank all of you many kudos to samantha and all the state chapter leadership and we hope that everyone continues to work and continues to stay involved and you've been listening to the Kelston on the air social work podcast with me silas your e-journalism social work advocate so thank you to all three of you ladies for participating and joining in on this very important talk Thank you so much. Thanks,
2: Silas. Thank thank you, Silas.
0: This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.